Welcome to the Eternal ROI Podcast, where we share the real stories of workplace transformation. And now, here are your hosts, Will Stewart and Chris Patton. Welcome to the Eternal ROI Podcast. Good to have everybody watching and listening along. I'm your host, Will Stewart, joined as always by Chris Patton, CEO of His Way at Work. Hey, Chris. Will, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Fantastic. Man, I'm excited today. We have, uh, so all of my career, prior career, when I was in the car business, yeah. I would introduce myself as a car dealer and a Christian. Right. Which, and people would look at me funny. Does that right? exist? We're going to introduce two lawyers. Oh, man. That are also Christians. It's a miracle. Right? It's fantastic. <laughs> so I only say it, guys, because car dealers were one notch below attorneys on this trust scale, right? Yeah. Maybe a notch or two. I'm not sure anyway. that you have that in the right order. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure either. But anyway, it's it's Kevin Brady and Russell Guest. And uh, man, I'm excited to have these guys on the show here about what it's like to do law in a law firm for an eternal impact. So, uh, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's been, it's been great getting to know you guys even before the show and excited for people to learn your story. So for those who don't know who you are, give us that 30-second spill. And what, who are you? What do you do? So I'm Kevin Brady. I'm a, a native of Greenville. So I've been here my whole life. I'm a real estate attorney. So me and Russell uh, started this practice back in 2005. And uh, when we first started, it was just me and him. And I think he had one paralegal and since that's time, it's just uh, completely exploded on us. So past couple of years have been really, really good to us, and uh, uh, it's been a journey. So. My name is Russell Gust, and I'm a South Carolina boy, born and raised in this state, and been here in Greenville for about 30 years. And started practicing law probably about 25 years ago, and then Kevin and I started— um, in 2005, like he said. So I do personal injury work, and Kevin focuses on the real estate side of the practice. So those are our two areas of practice that we do. That's awesome. So when you combined your forces together, was the plan all along to grow big and get to something big? Did you want to just kind of keep it small and boutique? What was the What was the goal? Well, the goal back in 05 was something small and boutique. And yeah. It was. It's, that's seriously gotten away from us now. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, yes, I, guess. I guess. so. Well, we have four locations now, uh, all in the upstate, and uh, about 50 employees. That's, that's incredible. Fantastic. Yeah. So as you grow a company, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a lawyer or if you're making widgets. You go from an expert in your field, you're, you, know, you know law, but then now you have to be business owners, right? You have to be loving people. You have to be taking care of people. Um, as you're hiring, it, it just gets into a big mess, right? There's a, there's a whole thing to that. As you started developing and, and, and growing your practice, what were some of the challenges you faced um, just in the, in the side of just taking care of people? Well, so we, we, we maintained at about um, probably 10 people for quite a long time, for probably 10 or 12 years, 10, 12 years. Mm. And in that time, so that was fairly easy to manage. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. only been in the last six years or so that it's really begun to grow and then accelerate even faster uh, as towards the end of those years. And that's where the challenges really of business come into play. Mm -hmm. When you're able to meet with every individual, talk about every one of their individual needs, it's fairly easy from a business standpoint. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but And also practice law at the same time. Right. Yeah, so Do the work. 
Yeah, now, yeah. <laughs> now it's a little bit more challenging because of the number of people and uh, also to practice law. Uh, but that's, um, I would say, uh, the business part of it is we're learning and growing at the same time. I had some prior business experience mm-hmm. coming into this. I, I left law school and went into business and oh, nice. was in business for about eight years. And so I brought that experience in, into the law firm with us. And so we had some of that background from a process standpoint. Mm-hmm. And that was helpful. But again, when you're real able to deal with every one of your people one-on-one, it's fairly easy in that stance. And, and to also pay very specific attention to people. Sure. That's fairly easy. When somebody can walk right into your office and it not be really a problem, that's easier. But now it's a little bit challenging with the organizational structures and and strategies and so forth that we're um, employing. It's uh, a little bit more challenging. Yeah. So as Chris alluded, uh, you're not just any law firm. You're you're combining the the faith aspect uh, in 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 your practice as well, and that's a big part of of what you do and your identity. When did that start? Did, was it the plan from the beginning, or is it something that came kind of came along? How that how that began? So that was, I guess, me and Russell both. Um, our kids are fairly close in age. Russell's uh, kids are a couple years older than mine. At least his oldest daughter is, and. So about the same time, maybe mid to late thirties, um, you know, we're we're in this business and we're grinding it out every day, and it's for normal reasons that people run a business to make a profit, yeah. and you know, that's what we're thinking about. But at that time, with the family growing and getting into those mid thirties, I don't know if you call it a midlife crisis or not, but you start really. Both of us come from a background of faith. We grew sure. up in families of faith, but. Then you start wondering, well, okay, what's what's next, right? Yeah. And you know, why are we here running this business, and mm-hmm. what is this all about? And about that time, Russell got a business card that came across his desk, and it was from an organization called C12. And you know, this, this was already on his mind. He was already thinking about it. And here comes this organization, this postcard that shows up that talks to business owners about running their business as part of their Christian faith and ministry. And so it just, it spoke to him. He came in and says, I, I think I want to go do this. Right. And so he, he started down that journey and, mm. um, and, and that's what catapulted us. And, you know, part of what intrigued me and got me was there's a gentleman named Buck Jacobs that started C12 and he wrote a book. And in, in that book, he has a forward in it and it, and it talks about your spiritual gifts, right? And that not everybody's called to be a preacher in a pulpit, right? And it just spoke to me because I was not called to be a preacher in a pulpit. Amen. I was, me either. I was called to be a—I uh, found myself as a business owner, a partner with Russell in this law firm. And so, you know, where is my mission field? Where's Russell's mission field? And that's what it spoke to. It's— these are the people that we deal with every day, you know, not just on Sundays, but every day. This is where we have the greatest influence. This is where we can plant our seeds. This is where we can help build the kingdom. And so that's what started us down this journey. And we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one. Yes, right. <laughs> but we were excited to start down that path. Yeah. What was that mentality before C12 
was it okay? The church has its own thing. The church is doing this. The pastor's doing his thing. It's, and then, then I have. I'm a businessman. I do my my thing. It's, it was that kind of the mentality. Yeah. I think that's the mentality of a lot of people. It was very much that way. Yeah, we were very secular in that moment. In 2005, we started and we ran it, and we separated our Sundays and our Mondays. Yeah. And just like uh, we saw everyone else around us doing too, and to, and also how we've been taught as we grew up that that's what you did. Right. So we didn't have any other examples of it being done really different. I'm sure there were, and there are companies, mm. but personally, we didn't have those examples. Mm. And so uh, I know that we were also growing on our own personal faith around that time. We had gone to um, a men's uh, Bible studies together. And in that, there was this course that talked about men and specifically speaking to men and men and their work, men and their relationships with their wife, men and their relationship with their children. And in the process of that, one of the commentators and people facilitating that was challenging the man to say, what is your relationship with your work in terms of who really owns that? Now, this is the truth that I know we all know here sitting is that God owns it all. Yeah. And uh, now that's an eternal truth that's been forever. Yeah. But we didn't know it. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we looked at each other and we thought about that and said, well, if that's the truth, mm. then what do we do with that? That's the key, Russell. It's even if you ask people, not just men, right, but people in business, does God own everything? If they're, if they're Christians, they've been around the church long, they're saying, well, yeah. So does he own your business? Well, yeah, right? Then there's a hesitation. <laughs> because then if that's, here's the problem, is the whole phrase, if that's true, then. That's right. And it's the then that we either ignore, step back from, and don't want to engage that. Because if we go down that path, well, that means I've got something incumbent on me to do. And so I would tell you, people that I've run into in business they, they may run their business separate from their faith. It's still morally and ethically done well, right? It's on right. biblical principles. Yes. But they haven't yet engaged or faced God's ownership and their stewardship of that business and the what then that comes after that. So it's really when you cross that line is, is when you registered, okay, yes, he does. Now what? Now what? So what does that mean? And we chose not to ignore it. Yes. Mm. Yes. So... We were called to say, well, Jesus is saying, what are you going to do now with that? And so we didn't know what, like Kevin just said, we didn't really know what the first steps were. And so we, we both of us together, started praying about what that looked like and what that would mean to us and what the next steps would be. And we were hoping that, you know, God would help reveal that. And interesting enough, that's when the card came across the desk. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> it's amazing how God brings his resources his leads right at the right time, right when your heart's ready. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but there was a story. I showed up at the first meeting uh, for C12, and when I got there, I pulled up, and I was got out of my car, and my tire was flat. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was going flat, and it was hissing. And I said, oh, no, and i am got to get in there for the meeting. It's going to start on time. And I said, I, I got a chance to make it to the tire place before— my car goes all the way flat, and I don't have to change it here in the parking lot, so let me try to do that. And I did, and I, I texted our chair, and I said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to make it today. And 
even though I, sorry, it had to be another time. And I'm thinking to myself, isn't that interesting? It's making a hissing sound at me like a snake. Wow. <laughs> right? Wow. And preventing me from going to this meeting. Hmm. Eventually overcame that obstacle and made it to the meeting. And hmm. so we've been a member of now of C12 for, since 2010. So that's been a fun journey. Yeah. Hmm. I'd like to go talk about um, what we first did, though, when we were praying together and, and then the card came. We were th- trying to decide, you know, we've got a group of people Clearly, we didn't hire them with their understanding that they were going to step into a business that integrated mm, their faith yes. in their work. Right. And we didn't know what that looked like. So what is, what is our first steps that we do mm. with all of our people? And we prayed about that. What does that look like? And so we had regular meetings on, on a weekly morning, like mm. a Tuesday morning, really small, like I said, mm. with 10 people. And we just said, well, let's just pray. We're just going to pray with them. As far to the opening of the meeting, we're going to say, has anybody got any prayer requests? Now, we told them in advance. We didn't just pop it on them. We said, right. listen, when we start this meeting, we're going to pray. Has anybody got objections to that? We just want to know. And if you do, then we'll work out a way to accommodate you. Uh, however, this is what we'd like to do at the beginning of our meeting, because we're talking about the business and where we are and the strategies going forward and who's taking what part and what role and how we're going to accomplish the task in front of us. So it's a real business meeting, but also we want to pray for God's favor in that. Since he's the owner. Yes. (laughs) Since he's the owner. Yes. And so that was our first. Now we were nervous as all get out about introducing that simple step of saying a prayer. We didn't really know how it was going to be perceived, what the, conversations in the back rooms might be, mm-hmm. what that's going to look like. But we just stepped out in faith and said, okay, that's going to be our first step. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to pray. And it was received extremely well. Just a note, okay? I'm going to pause here because there, there are a lot of people listening that have not yet taken that first step, right? And there is nervousness. So far, out of all the people, all the CEOs, all the business leaders we've had on this podcast— We've done a poll, and 100% were nervous before that first step. 100% were unsure how will people receive it, what will they do, will I lose customers, will I lose employees, all these fears coming at you, hissing. (laughs) It's the step. It's just taking that first step, right? Just for a moment, take a second to describe coming out of that first meeting. Was there a conversation between the two of you of, wow, that wasn't as bad as we thought, or what was, do you remember that? I, I think we have a feeling of relief. Yeah. yeah, I don't specifically remember the conversation, but I'm sure we had one. And, uh, uh, and uh, like Russell said, a relief, and now uh, this really is okay. We really can keep doing this and, and even going and digging further down into that. Yeah, that's good. All right, keep do, going. Do the employees have questions? Do they have, um, you know, feedback for you or even kind of like say, well, what's this kind of thing? Or was it just kind of more just widely accepted and, you know, like, okay, they said we're going to do this, which is what we're going to do. Yeah, it was really a appreciation. Mm-hmm. There was. Uh, and then also that we were listening to them. We wanted to hear their prayers and their concerns, and we wanted to uplift whatever concerns that they had. Mm-hmm. And first of all, that gave us more insight into who they were. Yeah. Because uh, if someone's asking for prayer, it's something that's concern of theirs. Yeah. 
on their hearts, on their minds. They're contemplating it while they're doing their work. That's in the back of their mind or in the front of their mind. And so that's where it, they really felt like we were starting to engage them even at a deeper level. Mm. So that was helpful. That's awesome. It also helped their coworkers to relate to them as well. Oh. So, you know, their their coworkers, not just us, but their coworkers gets to really get to understand, you know, who Chris and Will are, right? right. Yeah. And uh it explains what their concerns are. Yeah, yeah. Explains some of the behavior, right? I've, they've been off a little bit lately and now I know why. My goodness. Your mom's in the hospital. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's incredible how that's a launching pad to just see the humanness in someone. And, right. and that there's, you know, we, we all carry stuff to work every day. We bring our whole selves to work. That's right. Yeah. And that was happening. We talk about that. We can uh, travel on down our journey, but we yeah. talk about that all the time uh, in terms of what's happening with the people that are customers that are walking through the door yeah. and what kind of baggage they might bring in with them. They've got all kinds of concerns on their minds and they've coming in maybe for a real estate transaction and they're hoping to get that deal done because it's very important to them. Uh, maybe it's uh, they're moving their whole family uh, into a new home and we've started and other things I'll talk about just in a second, but we've started to call them really transitions versus transactions. Mm. Just to put people in the frame of mind that people are going through transitions in their life, just like we are. Yeah. In every stage, whether it's our aging parents, whether it's our newborns, whether it's our growing children that are at home, whatever the issues might be, the health issues in our families, whatever they might be, we're all going through transitions with, I mean, even those of us sitting at the mic here. But also those, our coworkers are going through that and the people walking through the door and we want to see them in that light, that they're just going through a transition. It could be a wonderful, happy occasion, right, where they've got a new baby on the way and they're getting a new house and they've yeah. got the new keys and they're excited yeah. Yeah. that they get this. But it also can be a situation where there's a widower who's walking mm-hmm. through, who's had a recent death of a spouse and they're now transitioning to a smaller home maybe moving away from a home that they've lived in for 40 years. Mm. That's a transition. And we need to see that for who they are. We're not just pushing paper when they come in through the doors. We are really providing care and love and seeing them for the humanity that they are. Mm. I love that because that gets you in the mindset of ministry. Right. That's fantastic. So after that meeting, when you had the first, first prayer, and and the 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 firm didn't implode, and, and I think no, no no meteor came falling down. Then what? I, I think the next step, Russell can correct me, but I think the next step was we actually uh, through the C twelve getting ideas from other companies. We employed a company chaplain mm-hmm. to come in and to just uh, he he started. We we started our Tuesday morning business meetings with that chaplain and doing just a quick devotion and let. He would do the prayer and praises for that day, and and then he would just walk around, and he would not not go in there and say, "Hey, can I teach you about God and Jesus?" He can lay hands on you. That's right. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) he would come in and say, "Hey, Will, tell me about what's going on with you. You know, anything I can do for you, help you with? Just Just build relationship. That's right. Did you watch that Clemson game Saturday? Yeah. Yeah. Just build the relationships, and then people would." get comfortable, and then they, they'd start laying out those burdens that are on them, and then they would get comfortable and 
uh, just start, uh, it, it would open conversations and opportunities to spread the gospel. So in addition to that, Kevin, what, what fruit did you guys see from relieving of burdens or employees that, would, that were engaging the chaplain in a way that would then also improve their operating at work? Right? Did you have you seen an improvement in the organization, not just in individual gospel progress? Well, we're we're all people, and we all have feelings and the relationships, the bonds that bring us together. A lot of a lot of uh, environments, the the culture changed dramatically. So, you know, no longer are you just a coworker, but now you're really a a family, and mm. you know you're sharing those burdens of your family life and what's happening to you and the experiences that you're going through. And um, it, it just made the entire environment stronger. And uh, people, you know, we, we spend the most of our time at work. And uh, now they understand their coworkers and the things that they're going through in life. Yeah. And uh, it just makes the environment, the culture even, even better. It's good. So, so part of that journey, if we uh, continue down, was just uh, we got the chaplain and we were doing things we felt, but cruising. We were doing some things, but we were just cruising along, too. Mm-hmm. And we started this caring team uh, that was, since we only had 10 or 12 people, then everybody was a member of the team, yeah, including Kevin and I. And as we were doing that, uh, it was a positive experience. Uh, we were clearly looking to how we might be able to care better, love better on the employees that were there and help them, support them in ways that they might come up with as we dream about those things, but also them and their families and whatever concerns that they're going through, and then also uh, the uh, broader community. Mm -hmm. So that's where we were working towards those ends, and Kevin and I were in those meetings, and we would bring in lunch, and we would have these uh, caring team meetings once a, once a month. And in the process of that, uh, we've learned, however, that it's not best to have Kevin and I in these meetings mm-hmm. because they would always look to us for approval of a particular uh, idea. And if it costs a little bit of money, then they were clearly looking to us mm-hmm. to try to approve this. And even though we tried to say, here's a budget for the caring team, here's what that looks like, uh, it still was because we were in that meeting. That yeah. was part of the problem. Mm-hmm. So we, um, and fast forward to about two years ago, we have now begun a more formal, structured way of a caring team, uh, having employed his way work to come in and do that. And we had a chaplain now, uh, just to back up a second, we did hire a uh, in-house chaplain. So we have Excellent. one who's there at least two days, full days a week. And that's been a very positive experience for us. And that person leads our devotions on Tuesday mornings. And we'll talk more about that in the morning, in a moment, what else he, that person does. But also what that he leads the caring team. So he's our caring ministry mm-hmm. person. But also uh, we have backed out of that meeting. So we're not in that at all. They do have a budget. They did. And they do have wonderful, incredible ideas that they work through every day and, I mean, every month. And so I, we could talk a little bit more about that, but it's really become an, an, a, a real good structure of its own to, to deliver 
care when we can't, right? So there's yeah. 50 employees, and it's impossible for Kevin and I to get out and do that uh, individually. We do take time to uh, speak to every individual, but it's impossible for us to be able to know every individual as well as we need to mm. or as much as we'd like to. Yeah. And so this particular team has like seven people on it, and they have on their own come up with this. And that's the thing. That's the beauty of it, right? So it's got this structure, and they're doing all these things all by themselves, mm. figuring out how to love best on the people around them and then uh, their coworkers. And so they've now divided up where they have uh, each about seven employees that they mm. are now decentralizing. How can I pay attention to those seven mm. And each one of them are doing that. And uh, I was in my particular work space, and I'm working with a paralegal of mine. And in come through the door comes uh, some flowers for this paralegal. And I was thinking, uh, okay, well, what are these about? And this is her birthday, so she's getting flowers from her caring team liaison mm. who knows that about her. Who cares for her and knows even particularly what kind of flowers she wow. has. Wow. <laughs> and they come from That's the good. very place that she says, oh, I love that group. And they do such beautiful. And mm. as she started tearing up, right, feeling that she felt loved, she felt understood, cared for. And it was just a set of flowers that came to her desk. And it was so simple. But that person knew that about her. And that's what's happening now is that they're doing all that they can to try to understand and to know the individuals and to love on them in that way. Mm. I that's love that. Fantastic. That caring team is such an important part of having a caring culture. And it's, it's creating that operating system. And, and that's something that His Way at Work does really, really well. It's the secret sauce of, you know, when you have that team leader and then you have the people that are the committee that have oversight of the budget and have the authority to do what they need to do. It takes all that burden off of you guys. And, and that's just an incredible thing of, of just letting you set the parameters, say, you know, this is kind of how far we want you guys to go. This is the boundaries. And then just, just letting people go. And they're cr infinitely creative. Yes. Infinitely creative, much more than we would be. And, yeah. and how much fun is that? You get to go in a room and take part of the company's money Yeah, and Love on people. That's right. Yeah. Love on your employees, love on their families, and love on the community. Yeah. And you just get to sit around and decide, how do we love on people today? And that employee that received the flowers, <laughs> the that. paralegal, didn't just feel loved by that one caring team member that arranged it. But she felt cared for by the entire company, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. In your office, felt cared for and loved by you, and you didn't even know it was happening. Right. Didn't even know it was happening. Yeah. We, we do recognize birthdays on a more global um, basis with everybody, uh, which is a story in itself, because in the staff meetings, we do that. It's just another example. It's just more than just birthdays, but there's uh, staff meetings we have every Tuesday. So like th today's Tuesday. And so we had a staff meeting this morning. And what that looks like is that we start off with just a social time. And we're trying to, it starts at, you know, 845. But people are gathering around like at 830. And we're encouraging that. So we have, like I said, um, offices in Spartanburg now and Easley and here in Greenville. And we're telling people, close down your office. Mm. Come to the staff meeting. Yes, we do want to help you make it there financially. And so it's not a burden on you. So we pay the mileage for them to come. 
and we want them to be there. And that office on Tuesday morning in Spartanburg doesn't open until 11 o'clock. Wow. Right. And it has those hours posted. Wow. You know? Now, I'm sure that there are people that are customers of ours that are going, well, you know, I'd like to have your services during those hours. Our hope and prayer, though, is that if we're doing the things that we're doing during those hours, though, that we're going to be able to serve them better during those other hours. Amen. And I really believe that that's happening. And so we have now, we have that social time, and then 845 starts with uh, typically our chaplain, although we do have guest um, devotion people come in, and even some of our staff lead devotions too. And Mm. prayer says devotion and a prayer, and then we move into um, a business segment. Mm And this morning, some of the added features, we have segments, right? So one of the, once a month, the caring team member gets up there and tells that this is what's happening with the caring team so that globally everybody knows. Now, we don't have a room big enough for everybody, so we have the front lobby, and it's everybody brings their own chair, right? Mm. So it's a bring-your-own-chair meeting, <laughs> and it's just a space where it's big enough for everybody to crowd into. Almost. Almost. <laughs> That's true. So, and then there's rows of people, and sometimes like there's pews going back through there. Yeah. But as we're getting prayers and praises, uh, it's really fun to see all of the participation that's happening. Mm. We have a number, and, and the prayers and praises now, that's going on for half an hour. Yeah. Really? Yes. I mean, it, wow. it, it started as uh, the devotion with the prayer and praise was going to take 20 minutes of that first section. And now it's turned, it has morphed into a 15 minute devotional followed by at least half an hour of prayer and praise. Because, and y'all, y'all having church. Oh yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it is quite something. It is. Love that. It is really special. I invite you to come yeah. on a Tuesday you. morning and to see yeah. that. As a guest, not a client. That's right. <laughs> As yes. a guest. Unless you have a real estate transaction. Yeah, that, that I'd be glad to do. Yeah, so that is a um, very positive event, and we want everybody to be there so that they can participate in that. And it's something we talked earlier about being in person and uh, and having that a connection with other people. Uh, not everyone can make it every time, uh, so but we are strongly encouraging that. And so some people do um, join by a Zoom, and so it's not that we're saying you have to be there every time or else. Mm-hmm. But most, we, we have uh, this morning probably 45 out of 50 that were there. Wow. so That's that, incredible. Yeah. That must be exciting for you because you, you love these people, even though you're not able to necessarily spend intimate time with each one of them. But you, you love them. You want them to be uh, fulfilled in their job. And then to, to see them all together and then see this thing that's taken off, you know, yeah. and that's that's without your, I mean, you, with your, you started it, but then it's just gone further and 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 than you could ever imagine. I'm sure that's that's yes. incredibly fulfilling. How do you hire though? When you have someone who's they're, they're probably maybe they're paralegal. They're used to what uh, you know some kind of law firm would would possibly be. It, what's that conversation like when you first talk start talking to them, and then when they come up to the first business meeting, you know, and they're like, "Whoa, you know, we've never had 45 <laughs> minutes of, you know." Well, we 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 obviously don't discriminate based on their religious beliefs. Yeah. And, but we we do have a mission statement and our core values, and it clearly expresses that at least the business owners of this company are Christians, mm. and that you know we carry out our beliefs 
through our business. And uh, so we typically, we show them those cards and we just say, hey, you know, we are a Christian-ran company. You don't have to agree with that. We just act, ask that you don't actively work against us. Mm. That's it. You don't have to participate in the caring team. You don't have to participate in the devotionals. We will accommodate you not to participate in those mm-hmm. religious-based events that we have. And we're not going to you know, treat you any different than any other employee. Keep a record of it. That's right. Yeah. No. And so, and then we invite them, you know, to come to our Tuesday morning meetings. If they're in consideration and we feel strongly enough that we might hire them, we'll have them come into that Tuesday morning meeting. Mm -hmm. And that's an opportunity. It's an opportunity not just for our staff to get to meet them, but they get to meet us and really understand who we are. Taste and see. That's right. right. Mm -hmm. And they get to decide because they're deciding just like we're deciding. Do they want to work here? And do we want them to work here? And so it's just a great opportunity for all that. That's a great idea. No, that's really wise because you don't want a surprise. No. You, you want On it to be side. very clear. Yes, yeah. so they know exactly what they're getting into. And, you know, whether they have your same level of beliefs or they're even, you know, Christian at all, you, you want them to be able to understand, like, this is this is the environment that I'm coming into and, you know, whether they're comfortable. Yes. Some people, um, one of the, one of the, the, the arguments against having a having practicing your faith and your work is is the legal aspect. People are anxious about that. They they say, you know, if I talk about my faith at work, then suddenly I'm going to be sued. You know, there, there's all these there's all this fear that's that's um, that's around and swirling. Um, what's your take on that? I know I know you're lawyers, but you're not lawyers necessarily in, in that that field. But I'm sure you've researched it, talked to friends, worked on it yourself to to figure out you know where the where those boundaries were, but but what would you say to someone who said, you know, legally, I probably can't do this. I need to just take a step back. Well, uh, it's clearly legal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we uh, have not been challenged with, with that particular issue from a legal aspect, but we have researched it and we've looked at it. And we are comfortable with the, uh, the fact that it's something that a private organization clearly can do. And more and more, uh, we're seeing even in the public space uh, where there's governmental entities that there's really more that an individual can do in practicing their faith within the government space as well than uh, typically government has gone too far in one direction to prevent that. Uh, And that's being challenged as we see right now in the Supreme Court all the time, successfully so. But in a private space, clearly you can do that. Now, the problem becomes is if you begin to treat them differently than others mm-hmm. that might not practice your faith. And we're not doing that. You know, but we have on our um, website our faith statement, or not our faith statement, but our mission and our, and our core values. So people can go to our website before they even begin to say, well, what is that company? Do I want to work there? That sort of thing. They're researching us. Mm-hmm. And they can say, okay, I see that they clearly are a a business of faith. And so they might decide then not to apply. I'm not sure. But once they meet us, I think that they'll see that we're going to treat them as any other individual. In our reviews, in our performance reviews, we're not, that's not a topic of the conversation. It's all about what the task that we had for this last quarter or year and what does that look like and how well are we doing within that mm-hmm. to meet those objectives? Do we have the skill sets that are necessary? Mm-hmm. 
Are we meeting those particular objectives? It's not, oh, have you met this last spiritual challenge that we put on you? <laughs> right. Now, hopefully, though, if we've loved on them well along the way, if we're living rightly ourselves, that they'll see something that might attract them to that way. Yeah. We're prayerful for that. And we're hope- we ask, and clearly we're doing that openly through this podcast for others in our group to hold us accountable to that. So let's, that's where we have often talked about that, and we're never going to discriminate based on a person's faith or not. We know that there are people, clearly, of that 50 that are working with us that are on, of the spiritual continuum, they're on different phases of that, sure. or maybe not even on started it. Yeah. And so, and that's okay. Uh, if they're okay to just go through the process with us or just work towards, we're going to treat them well, see them as image bearers of God, and we're going to love them sure. for who they are because that's what the Lord's called us to do. Yeah. That's good. I love that. That's so good. Great answer. As you've grown the company and have really just instilled this this caring culture in the company, you you have that uh, the caring team, you have um, the the meetings every Tuesday, you're seeing fruit from it. You're seeing the results from it. What are some of your favorite stories? I know you gave the the the, the flower story, and then and then what's kind of grown from the business meetings. But um, are there any others of just like wow? When you when you see the this is the results of, of just creating a deliberative culture. So one that just comes to mind is um, you know we from the very probably one of the very first things we did was we just did something very simple. Uh, we got this book called The Story by Max Licato, right? And we, we have that in our lobby, and we just give those away to anybody that wants to pick one up and take it out of the door, mm. right? Nobody says, hey, here's your gift for coming through the door. It's just out. It's available. It says, please take this if you want it. Mm. And we've probably been doing that for over 10 years. Yeah. And we've probably... Thousands of books. At least two to 3,000 of those books have gone out. Yeah. Right. And so one of the uh, greatest stories is uh, just hearing from, it's happened a few times, people coming back and just saying, hey, you know, I had a realtor friend of mine that had taken one of those books and he, he comes back six months later and he says, you know, I just got to thank you all for that book. He said, I took that book and I, I gave it to my mother, who was not a believer. Mm. And I had tried for years to get her to go to church, to talk to her about faith, and just have gotten nowhere. But I gave her that book, and she read it. And she came to know Jesus Christ. Wow. And it has changed our entire family. Mm. And so, you know, and who knows the countless, I mean, there's thousands of those books out there that we'll never know the impact. People that read it don't know where it came from, right? That's right. Third or fourth hand before it it hits an impact. But that's fantastic. And that's just a simple something. That's that's not us saying, you know, hey, let me talk to you about Jesus when you walk in the door. Right. It's just a simple book sitting on a shelf saying, if you want one, take one. Mm. We've got expanded a little bit. We have another book that's offered called um, Praying Circles Around Your Children. And mm. it's from the um, Mark Batterson. I Batterson, think. Yes. Yeah. So he has a Praying Circles series, but mm-hmm. he also did this one about specifically praying for your children. And it's a great little book that is easy for a couple or for a single parent 
to pray over their children with or their grandchildren, adult or infant or young children. It just doesn't matter. So it is, and it inspires. So my wife and I, for instance, took that same book and did our own devotional that we do each morning, and we started through it. And just reading a page and a half gives you enough content to really begin to think and contemplate about praying for your children and for their lives and for what's going on yeah. in your family. And so that's a, another one of those books that we've given out. And those, again, are going like by the hundreds and hundreds we've given out of those. Wow. These publishers really love us. <laughs> <laughs> we just keep ordering and ordering and ordering. And good. what we've learned about that, too, is you can't have one yeah. out on there. Because they people are, don't want to take the one. Right. It's not like the last cookie. They, <laughs> right. they may grab that. Yeah, but they're not yeah. going to grab the last book. Yeah, because they're nice. The hardbound books, right? Mm -hmm. So wow. it's not just a little um, flimsy thing. So mm -hmm. it's a nice gift for somebody to take. And so we have them in different sections. So there might be twenty of them out in the mm -hmm. lobby, mm -hmm. but purposely not just so that they feel comfortable. Oh, I can see. I can take one. It's not going to really hurt so much. Yeah. So that's been a fun ride. Just that little story there yeah. too. That's yeah. amazing. And for that business owner who's wondering where do you start, I mean that's that's a good spot right there. I mean yes. just start somewhere. It's simple. Yeah, exactly. Very simple, and it's not offensive. And then the other one is now sometimes, however, if you're talking to a client and clearly they maybe even have a a family struggle or something like that, or you're having, they might sow some spiritualness to them. Mm -hmm. We might suggest and grab that to them and hand that to them. Yeah. Um, but mostly people are just grabbing them yeah. and taking off with them. And that's true. And regardless of what location, it doesn't, hasn't really stopped the flow of that book out I the doors. That. That's so good. We have a, um, um, a chapel in our office lobby. Mm -hmm. So it's a separate room, but it's right there on the lobby. And it's got a label on it and it says, Our Father's Office. Can you believe that? <laughs> uh, yeah. And so in that, though, there's a, it's just a prayer room. It's not a, it doesn't have pews and stained glass, right? <laughs> but it does have, uh, we did commission a painting to be done by a local artist. And it depicts a scene that we talk about out of Joshua 4. And then we also, and that's about the, um, the, the Israelites crossing across the Jordan and the river's divided. And the Lord says to each person, grab a stone um, and stack it up. So what do these stones mean? And they are the promises that the Lord has kept, you know, coming into the promised land. Mm. Build this memorial, not to worship the memorial, but just mm -hmm. as a reminder of what the Lord has done. And so we've made it interactive and we have these little stones that we have there and Many of them, they're all blank, except for the ones that have been written on. So we mm -hmm. invite people in to write with a marker on their stones and give us a promise that the Lord has kept in your life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people are not readily like, well, let's talk about your life. No, you have children, you have grandchildren. Have you had health issues you've overcome? Just whatever they might be. You got a new home that you've just moved into. What a great gift that is. And so we just talk about those things, and they are instantly able to begin to start to write. Mm. And so it could be one word, it could be several words, whatever that little rock can hold. Mm. And so now we're beginning to get a, quite a collection of rocks, and we have a memorial to all the promises that the Lord oh. has kept. Wow. And we're going to build a big stone wall at that <laughs> one point. This is my vision. 
and we're going to have it, and it's going people are going to go because it's going to be too much for people to ignore. Yeah, and they're going to go, what do those stones mean? Mm. And they're going to have all the writings, all these people with mm. all the promises that the Lord mm. has kept. That's good, and it's fun. Wow, the it's chills. Really fun. That's incredible, <laughs> and that's such a great testimony testament to God and His faithfulness, right there. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So. We, and we, we, that prayer room is used from time to time because, you know, I do personal injury work, and mm. there's some real tragic circumstances, sure. unfortunately, yeah. with real trauma in people's lives. And as we're doing that and um, meeting with we, our, our, one of our conference rooms that I typically am meeting with the client in is right beside that room, that, that prayer room, and I'll invite them out, and we'll walk into that room. Let me show you this. And it just really is steady, calming influence on these mm. people's lives and we stand there and now i'm having already been working through their particular case with them or i um, have just heard what their circumstances are uh, i've gotten to know something about them sure. and so i know what struggles they might be going through so we can stand there and we can bow our heads and pray in that space and that has been a real positive uplifting encouraging moment where there's, there's people with real Tears are streaming down their face and just feeling, feeling like you can really uplift and encourage and support those individuals that are going through this. Mm-hmm. So you can offer the legal service, but are you offering the emotional support and spiritual encouragement also along the way? And we feel like that's part of our mission is to do that. And that's what, how we are integrating it all into whatever we do. I love that. That's so good. What's a piece of advice you wish you had been given 10 years earlier? Just do it. <laughs> yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah just, just do, do it. it. Don't do be it. afraid. Yeah. 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 Be courageous. Step out in the little things like we described earlier. Mm. Just a little step and build your spiritual muscle up. Yeah, just start. Um, you already mentioned a couple books, but is there another resource like a book that you'd recommend? Probably, uh, you know, probably may have talked about this with his way at work, but um, the business card by Peter Freisel mm-hmm. yeah. is just impactful because that is the, that is him taking a leap of faith. That's right. Right. That's to just do it. Just do just it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Don't be afraid. And that story describes a lot of fear that people have. Sure. And we just got to overcome the fear. Yeah. Mm. And then you get to experience the joy. That's yeah. right. That doesn't mean there's not missteps along the way sure. <laughs> and there won't be struggles. <laughs> it's right. We're still human. Yeah. There oh, gosh. Be, there will be people that will question, why are you doing that? Yeah. I, I don't believe in that, and I'm not going to do business with you. That, those stories exist, too. Sure. They're, they're far and few between. Yeah. We just don't cover those here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so this has been incredible. I really appreciate both of you just spending the time with us and, and just being so open and honest mm-hmm. about your journey. Um, I, I'm I'm inspired. I'm, yeah. I'm ready to go. You know, knock down a wall. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, but before we before we leave, one last question: What's that big takeaway for the person who may have been listening to this, the the CEO, the business leader? Um, what would you What would you say to them? Is the, the the big thought that you want them to to leave with, Kevin? Just to write off the top of my head, I think it goes back to your earlier question, is this legal to do? Can I actually do this? And the answer is yes. Yeah. And that, that, I think, is the for a person ready to do this and ready to step out in faith, I think in the back of their mind from a pure business standpoint is 
can I get in trouble for this? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and, a, and a caveat to that, just for those listening, absolutely, yes, you can. You don't act like a fool. That's right. Right. There are guidelines. There are things you need to kind of boundaries you stay within. Yeah. But as long as you do it with wisdom and you do it uh, with discernment, there are huge amounts of freedom and rights to do it. Just don't be an idiot and screw it up for the rest of us, right? That's right. <laughs> That's right. I would add, too, that if you're interested in things like culture and your firm, and if you have a heart for the Lord, that there's really no other way to do it. You need to step out. And whether you do it through the way that we've talked about uh, with His Way at Work or with the C12, you still got to step out mm -hmm. and obey what the Lord's called us to do. Also, if you're interested in reducing turnover, if that's an issue of yours and you'd like to do that, how do you attract and keep great people? Then you have a great culture. And you need to start down this path. So those are some of the takeaways that that's we great. offer. It goes back to if God's the owner, then you got to do something. Mm, that's right. You can't just sit back and accept the truth and not take action on it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's good. Well, gentlemen, this has been an incredible episode. Thank you so much for your time and for sitting down and talking with us. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, Will. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for listening to another episode of Eternal ROI. If you like what you heard, we would love for you to take a moment and leave us a review and share an episode with somebody you know. If you are inspired to begin bringing the power of God's love into your workplace, take a moment and check out our free assessment at hwaw.com. It'll only take you a few moments. It'll give you a snapshot of what your company looks like and maybe some ways to move forward. Just click on the link in the show notes and we'll see you next time.